I'm Jeff Cook. And I'm TJ Wilson. And this is Around the Circle. I'm walking slowly. is a map of the human personality. It's a tool for navigating relationships. It creates language for what motivates us and helps us look at the way we look at everything else. Most importantly, the Enneagram's a mirror because sometimes you need help seeing yourself. My name is Jeff Cook. I'm a philosopher and writer in Greeley, Colorado. And with me is TJ Wilson, businessman, lover of theology, and Enneagram ninja. Hello. Boss man. Hey. I'm not your boss. We're talking... <laughs> you are a boss. I'm not your boss. <laughs> You're a boss of many. Well, we're talking about one of my favorite topics today. <laughs> Wrote a whole book about this. Uh, oh, you when did? When I was fried with uh, n- two newborns. <laughs> this was a bad choice. <laughs> Let me tell you, a few perspective authors. Don't try to tackle a large book project right after you have a kid. Yeah, sure. Oh, wait. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, it's been two years. It's two years. She's not quite. Okay. But we are, TJ may be constructing a book <laughs> with a toddler and will not take this advice. He won't take this advice because I'm not going to let him. I need him. I need his help, actually. Yeah, it's also the case that I'm not, <laughs> I'm not writing a book by myself, so. <laughs> there it is. Yeah. Uh, we're talking about the deadly sins. Deadly sins is my favorite term. A lot of Enneagram teachers prefer the word. What do they prefer? You like this word. Some passions. That's what it is. It's the passions. Yeah. They'll get you in trouble. The deadly sins are an ancient list of uh, soul diagnoses. It's like uh, you come to the list of deadly sins, take a look at them, see if you're sick in any ways, because you know what? You need to purge some stuff. And that's where this list originates. It's like an aid to confession. So much to say here. I could go on for days. I've already written the book. What do you think about the deadly <laughs> sins? So there's seven deadly sins in the traditional list, and we add two for uh, to make it to nine because there's nine types. And uh, I think this is a really interesting, like the, this list of things that like this is a, a significant struggle that that like focuses on one particular type. I, I think there's a really interesting way to get into like all this whole series is about the shadow and this is this is such a fascinating and and eye-opening and embarrassing and and <laughs> like it it hurts to know that this is the thing that I str- that I so significantly struggle with. Yeah, for your type. And and understanding more about this is like, oh, this is actually this this has been one of the things that has helped derail my life when things are going badly for me. Yeah. Is this particular sin for me? And I just I I think it's so fascinating and I love I love talking about this list and also it it hurts. Deadly sins sometimes, like in pop culture, can come across as something like illicit. It's something mm-hmm. that's captivating. Right. When we actually see the deadly sins really at work in a human being, we really are not very impressed. It's not really the case that we're like, you know what? That person has their stuff together. Like right. it, Normally, the sins actually materialize in ways that you're like, Ugh, this is this is this like is the worst of yeah. humanity. Yeah. <laughs> My favorite little story about the the deadly sins is when i wrote my my book which is called seven uh the deadly sins and the beatitudes the chapter on wrath which is the sin of my type happened to be twice as long as all the other chapters yeah happened to be <laughs> happened to be i had a lot to say on that one <laughs> yeah and and like coincidentally because because you didn't know anything about the enneagram at that time right yeah coincidentally Shows uh, just one of the another verification that there's there might be something here. Right, right. Well, we're going to jump into these sins. This is in some ways the high point, as it were, or the low point of the list. Mm-hmm. Um, as we have gone through the shadow, the shadow has moved from our desire for happiness into places of fear, into the things that we avoid, into those places we settle. 
and then the sin has traction. And what the sin is, is the power to gain our idols. It's like this illicit way that we can really grab hold of the idol that really isn't going to protect us, isn't going to keep us secure, isn't actually going to be satisfying in the end. But the sin takes anchor in our insides and really fuels that pursuit. Mm-hmm. And this can be a dangerous place for our type to, to find itself. Right. Yeah, uh, the the connection between the idol and the sin is, is going to be so clear throughout. It's just, it's they're paired together for a reason. I imagine we'll we'll see that quite quickly as we as we go through these, yeah. Right. Sins, one other way of thinking about sin is sin isn't about behavior. A lot of us were abused with this term if uh, some of us who grew up in like religious atmospheres, uh, mm-hmm. families, etc. and the word sin has been used to control and manipulate and really would love to give you permission to set that aside. This is not where we're at. Right. What sin is, is much more of a, like a soul poison, or it's something that's in us that, that is routinely, it's like the absence of what should be there. We should be healthy. We should be full. We should be thriving. We should be flourishing in our type. And these places in our hearts are some of the, the empty spots. And if you were to look at the empty spots real closely, what we would often see is this kind of acidic force eating away parts of 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 our best self that that's that feels like an overstatement but really actually i think when you see you know it in our relationships that's what that's what it looks like right yeah i this is one of the reasons that i like the word passion because because sin has so much baggage in my life and a lot of people's lives that that we talk to and um like like what this is it's it's not about the things that we do. It's it's basically like it's a it's a blackening spot on our metaphorical heart. Yep. Like the these things come from inside of us and and poison the way that we see and interact with the world. However you get to the topic, we'd just love to extend you grace on that that front and just say we're not here to judge you. TJ might be here to judge you, but I'm not here to judge you. Well, I won't so. say it out loud. I don't want to have a fight. <laughs> what we want to do is just expose that and and start talking through the dark sides of our type, and that's where we're going. So want to start with the twos again? Love it. Hey, twos, we love you. That's why we're starting with you all the time. Yeah, because you're the best. <laughs> twos who will settle for the idol of being appreciated, being needed, that pursuit can be fueled in a very dark way by the sin of the twos, which is pride. You want to talk about pride in, in the heart of a twos? Yeah, right out the gate, we have a really natural transition from that idol of appreciation. Like, So like twos want to be loved. They want to be loved and cherished and, and, and treated like they're like they want genuine care for for who they are underneath all of the things that they do and and because of this like the the movement within the shadow brings them to this place where they settle for people liking the things that they do and and saying thank you so much for being helpful and i need you in my life because of all the things that you do and the next step from that place is to identify yourself with the things that you do, which is about pride. Like that's, that's like pride for twos is about elevating themselves in this way that, that has little to nothing to do with their true value. It's, it's, I, I have value because you need me and you need me, not, not you like me around, but you need me in, in your life. That's what pride is for twos. Yep. You need me in your life. There is a, I have the power to solve all your problems. I am the one who can insert themselves to, to deal with the mess that your life has become. I take care of you in a way that nobody else can. Yeah. There is a elevation of one's own necessity mm-hmm. into the lives of others. That's pride, baby. So difficult, I imagine. for to, And this will be true of all the types, is just... All the types will see their, will hear their sin, internalize their sin, say, yes, that's me, and I don't like that about myself. Mm-hmm. Or in the opposite direction, say, that is absolutely not me, 
and I don't think maybe I'm not a two. It's like, well, maybe you need to look harder at what pride is. Oh, (laughs) do you you think that some some twos would would not say, oh, that's not me? Oh yeah, absolutely. Because Uh that's that's part of the the progression is that they avoid their own needs. Like they 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 work really hard to shut down their own inner desires and needs like they 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 don't want other people to think that they're needy would they shut down their own methods would they not be self-aware that oh yes i am inserting myself i think that's part of it i I think it's actually prideful to say i am not prideful when you are (laughs) there you go the posture of heart of what would this person do without me is something that can mess up not only our relationships, but can clearly be that very unhealthy posture towards the world. Mm -hmm. I don't know what the fruit is there. What's the fruit of pride at that level? It's, uh, I think it, it, it becomes cyclical. Like it, it, uh like it, it, the appreciation, the being needed, when you get to that kind of level of unhealth, they start feeding each other. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You're creating intentional codependencies. Yeah. You're fostering neediness in others. Mm-hmm. I suppose that's an interesting one. You avoid your own need. Twos that avoid their own neediness may really try to leverage the neediness of others in order to gain some love and attention. Yeah. One last thing, and we're going to see this with all the sins, is notice how the energy is working here. There's going to be a discussion with all the types that the energy is either going outward or inward, or both ways. We'll play that out, but for twos, the energy is going outward. Mm-hmm. The attention is all on the subject. Right. I can meet your needs. Right. And this is this is one of the things about pride that, like, th- this is a great place to start because we all have a certain kind of understanding of pride, which is about elevating myself. But the real sin that twos struggle with is elevating myself while not, while sort of pretending that it's about you. Mm-hmm. It's like the energy is a movement out there. And and one of the sort of more average and less unhealthy tendencies of twos is about storing up favors. Like like part of pride for twos, and, and not in this like really dark kind of way, but part of it is about attaching yourself to people who will, like like the the act of serving other people has to do with making sure that people are in your corner when you need something. Yeah. And that's a prideful move. So again, there's the intentional, almost weaponizing of codependency. Mm-hmm. If I store up favors, then I, I have you, you know, I got you in handcuffs, as right. it were. Right. And it's about me, but the energy is a movement outward. Yeah. Yeah. Notice the two will get attention. By doing that, it's I'm remaining in your life and I will get your attention through that way of being in the world. Mm-hmm. And it, as we've said, this simply isn't a healthy way to go. Right. Last word on twos. In a lot of the stuff we've, we've tried to pitch some antidotes or like we, we talked about virtues a lot in the last episode. And I don't know that we have something specific to point at for each of each of the types on in this one. Like the the most important thing in this space is awareness. Yeah. If you can't twos, if you cannot see your pride, it's a problem. You gotta yep. wake up to it. That's a good way to talk about it. Like uh, sin is in these ways, it's a sickness. It's something to be aware of. It's something to confess. That's, yeah. I mean, a traditional posture is to say, I am naming the thing that I do and naming it as unhealthy. It's a habit. Yep. You got to break that habit. Yep. And you got to cut those things out of your, your way of being in the world and in relationships. Yeah. And that doesn't mean you have to like go out and confess to every person that you're in a relationship with that you are prideful and these are the ways that you manipulate them and do whatever. Like that's not what we're saying. Don't be afraid right. of that. Start by being aware of it yourself. Yeah. I mean, actually, there's something really valuable to confession in your own space, especially for a two, I imagine, mm-hmm. of really of having solitude. Put it on paper. And the, you're not going to get the attention of anyone, which is going to be fantastic for it, for your heart. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you, know? you need to spend some time on yourself. It's fine. Write it down and let nobody see it. Yeah, it's a great good. 
Yeah, the uh, I mean, the virtue for twos is humility, and a lot of the virtues are going to be just the opposites of the sins. And so taking on, I suppose, a posture of the opposite, maybe this isn't my problem to solve. Mm-hmm. Maybe maybe it's the case they can do this on their own. You know, right. <laughs> right. Maybe I need to spend some time on myself. These are all things that are anti the pride of inserting myself into the you know the issues of right. others. Boom, threes. Threes are going to be paired with deceit. Deceit isn't one of the traditional seven deadly sins, but clearly deceit is always named among those things that should be avoided right. in our moral life. Yeah. Um, and what's interesting about the deceit for the threes is it's not just deceiving others out there, but it's also deceiving one's self. Yep. So you want you want to talk about threes and deceit? Yeah, the, so threes, they, they really want excellence they want praiseworthiness to be part of who they are they want the the person inside to be someone who is worthy of the attention and recognition of other people and through that they they settle like they they avoid the appearance of failure they and and they settle for an image and 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 they promote themselves and so so this is this is the place where Threes are the ones that are most likely to push back against their sin because they look at their life and they're like, I'm, I'm not deceitful. I'm not a liar. It's like, but the, look at the ways that you have identified with the mask, that, that image that you are upholding, like this idol that you have settled for has become something that, that you have, have really started to identify yourself with. It's not that, that you aren't great it's that you are aligning yourself with the image that you're presenting yeah and and so much so that it's often the case that threes can't see it so they can't see the deceit in their life and and there's there's a lot of little ways that you can point to this as well like every three that i know speaks in significant hyperbole it's it's not that i had to wait eight minutes at the grocery store. It's that I had to wait like an hour <laughs> at the grocery store. It's not that there were so many people at the, at the thing that I was at. It's that there were hundreds of people when in reality there was maybe like 75, like it's like threes exaggerate because it's part of their image. And, and it's like, there's, there's so much about how threes present themselves that is not exactly true. And and this is this is how deceit plays out in their lives. One of the things that tend me as we're talking is I really do appreciate when twos come in and and help me at times. Like that mm-hmm. can be a great good. One of the things I really appreciate about threes is their ability to reframe the place where I just stubbed my toe and made a mess of things. Right. And they're able to either change the subject or color things or point out the the good. And that can be very valuable, but the colorful shading is there. Yeah. And it does have the potential to have a very dark side. Right. Especially when it, when it moves into this really heart, like this, this place where it's coupled with that settling with that idol. Yeah. There are a lot of threes who are in high positions at companies that have no idea what they're doing. And the minute yeah. that somebody finds out, they're going to be screwed because the, the the image that they have built up around themselves to get to this place of whatever position that they're in and, and they don't, they're not actually c- capable of doing the work that's needed. Like that's, that's going to be a real big problem. Mm. Lots of imposter syndrome that some threes will talk about. Yeah. On this front. And so, even even the imposter, like it, if you can see your imposter syndrome, you're you're moving like there there's a foot in the right direction. It, sure. It's the people who don't <laughs> who don't know it there you go. that are headed for a real big crash. The thing that's interesting to me about the threes who do desire genuine praise from others, if you begin to manufacture an image and you're putting the image out there, clearly people are praising the image. They're not actually praising your genuine self. And so it's almost like in getting the praise for the image, you're actually losing the thing that you truly desire, which is authentic connection and attention for the the good things that you bring to the world. Right. 
as we kind of said, the, the energy, again, is going inward and outward. There's deceiving myself and there's deceiving others. And that can be such a slippery slope because, as, as was said, the madman doesn't know they're mad. It's, it's similar in that, right. in that way. Right. You know, if you're lying to yourself, how do you know if, you're, if you've lost yourself? What, how would that work? Because it, 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 it's both at the same time. It's, it, because it's, it's like you have to recognize that you're lying to yourself in order to see the ways that you're lying to other people. And you have to recognize the, the fact that you're lying to other people in order to see the way to say you're lying to yourself. Yeah. And maybe that's just a key. If you're a three, knowing that that is a potential problem that should really be looked at, that's, yeah. that's the thing. Yeah. The, the mask that you are putting on to show other people, it's a lie. And yeah. the, when you identify yourself with that mask, you're lying to yourself. Mm. That's what I got on threes. You got anything else for the, the threes? Nope. Hey, fours. Energy's going to shift for the fours. It's going to go inward. Uh, the traditional list has fours wrestling most with envy. Mm. This is going to be a self-focused kind of sin. Uh, you want to talk about fours and envy? Yeah, fours who like they 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 long for real significance to to be more than just a flash in the pan. That like the in the in the grand scheme of things, we're all blips on the the line of eternity and, and fours want real significance. They want their lives to be meaningful. They want to have had a reason and, and an impact on the world. And they settle for being complicated or novel or, or standing out or like they, they, they're, they are, they're avoiding anything that's ordinary or normal. And so, so long as they stand out, then, then they're at least close to that kind of significance. And, and when you live in that kind of space, you're always going to see the other side of that coin, which is the ways that you don't fit in. It's, it's like if you are intentionally looking to stand out, then you're going to see the ways that you don't fit in. And, and that because of that sort of inward energy direction, like it, it's now becomes about how something's wrong with me that means yeah. that I can't fit. That, That's like, the fruit. They have something that I don't have that means they are enjoying their life or they get the promotion or they can feel normal. I'm I'm now lacking something and, and I wish I had that thing. I think that's really well said. The reflection I always have about envy is similar. It's always ostracizing. Mm-hmm. It's an ostracizing power. And... Uh, I mentioned it earlier that sin by its nature is a fuel. And so if you're longing to be novel or complicated and you're looking at others as in comparison to see if you are significant in the way that others are, but you want to be, you want to be more significant. You want to be different. You want to, and the fuel comes in at this point in seeing others differences magnifies them in your mind and envy never connects people. Envy always pushes people away from one another. You right. can't you can't connect to another person through envy. Yeah, that's what comparison is. It's it's spotting the differences between these two pictures and and deciding that one of them is wrong. Yeah. And so you hinted at you said it already, but the the melancholy and loneliness that can come in because mm-hmm. of that mm-hmm. is legitimate. Yeah. And you can see how you just take a couple steps and then all of a sudden you're in this space where you're isolated. Mm-hmm. Naming why you got there, naming how you got there, naming just the, the here's the fear that moves, you know, to what you're avoiding, to moving to the idol, to moving to the sin. And suddenly I'm on the outside looking in right. and filled with despair. Right. You know? Yeah. And, and I can... I can imagine having this conversation with with fours who would want to sort of push back and and the thing that I I want to say about this like cuz fours are so comfortable in that space of melancholy and mm-hmm. like the sadness like that that's that's home base for them like it it, it feels fine so they're they're not fours are less likely to be upset about the sin of envy than say twos or threes 
but the the thing that I want to push back on is that there is a difference between being a significant individual who is unlike everyone else and only seeing the ways that you do not fit in with everyone else. You can have significance without being broken. And and the the view that fours have because their world is about comparison, their like their lens has so much about comparison that they sort of live in this place of of seeing those differences as something is wrong with me. Yeah. Again, the virtue comes in here. The virtue for fours is equanimity, which has a balancing to it that either their beauties are amazing, but they're not so great, and your beauties are also amazing, but they're not so great, or however you want to play that out, they're not so terrible. Everyone has their place in equal fashion in the glorious thing that is reality. Right. Want to talk about some fives? Let's do it. Fives, we're going to sell for securities. The thing about fives, and it's true of all the head types is that they uh their underlying feeling is fear and for fives it's a fear of the things that are out there Mm -hmm. so the energy for fives is going to go inward like fours right in some ways right and so the move for the five is to hoard to get all of the things they need to feel protected from the stuff out there and so that is where the sin comes in and the sin is greed right and and in case you haven't ever heard us say anything about this, there is a very big difference between greed and gluttony. Greed is about collecting. Gluttony is about consuming. And we'll talk more about that when we get to the type that struggles with gluttony. Um, so this this idea of greed, like like fives want wisdom and understanding, and and they want to be to have a clear picture and the information and the, and the resources that they need to navigate the world competently. And, and, and what they really settle for is collecting those resources. It's not using them. It's not actually navigating the world. It's, it's just collecting them. And, and this point of greed, like I, I remember saying something in the, in one of the last episodes is that like once, once someone else has your resources, it's not yours anymore and it loses some of its value. And so, so fives are the type that are most likely to have like a, a bank account that, that they never touch. Um, we say this all the time, uh, Ebenezer Scrooge is a perfect example of a really unhealthy five. His greed is not about having so much and and like he does not spend his money. Like his greed is not about like ruling over London with and and living extravagantly. It's his greed is about hoarding his resources. Yep. Scrooge doesn't have a yacht. <laughs> right. He doesn't even like turning on the gas lamps because it's too yep. expensive. Yeah. The oft quoted portion when we get to this <laughs> section is the darkness was cheap and Scrooge liked it. Right. It's a good Dickens line. The, the thing about the greed there with, and it materializes in Scrooge as well, is it's not just about his uh, monetary resources. It's all also about his emotional life. Yeah. Yeah. And that's so four or fives. It's, it's not, it's not just keeping money. It's it's keeping, uh, maintaining their time, their the energy that they spend on other people. It's about keeping their their knowledge and their their like. They don't like sharing their emotional space. They don't like. They don't even really like spending that much time on it because then like there's more risk of of having to share it with other people and. I heard something recently that that I really, really liked that that helped me understand this a little bit better. And it was specifically about sharing an idea. It's like someone, a five, said in a room of other people who was studying the same field as them, said something out loud, shared an idea that they had, and someone else is taking it and using it in their own work. And now that five 
doesn't get the credit. It's not their idea anymore. And this other person is going to do it wrong. So like once fives share their resources, then other people have control over it. And it's not, it's not theirs anymore. And now they're yeah. less secure. And that like, that's, that's what this greed is about. It's about collecting and keeping and maintaining their resources. And that includes their heart, their emotional life, their, their deepest self. We're yep. going to keep that close to the chest. Yep. There's an emotional stinginess that can characterize fives at times. Right. On the flip side, I suppose, the healthiest fives you will see, and this is the end of Christmas Carol, the enlivened five just awakens and begins pouring forth good things from within. Right. But greed is the, is the posture of heart that is fuel. It's just pulling all of that stuff in, and it comes out of that fear of, all the things that might get you. Right. And it's like, like again, they, this idol and the sin, they, they begin to feed each other. If you settle for making sure that you have resources and your heart starts to blacken and you get obsessed with keeping your resources, then you just keep wanting more resources and mm -hmm. keeping them and getting them and keeping them and getting them and keeping them. Here it is. Yep. Sixes. Like threes, uh, sixes are going to have energy going both ways. And the sin of associated with sixes is doubt. This one I think is really interesting. Mm -hmm. There is the doubt of oneself, and then there's the doubt of the world and authorities and everything out there. And the doubt is going both ways. Yeah. You want to talk about sixes and doubt? Yeah, the uh, doubt is another one that uh, not part of the original seven uh, list of seven sins, and and a lot of teachers will characterize sixes with fear instead of doubt. And I I think like in my conversations with many sixes, not not just my one spouse, but uh, also other sixes, and and just studying the material, I th I think doubt works so much better in in the sense of like. The, the struggle to, to have any kind of trust, to, to think that things are going to work, to, to believe in anything, like that, it, it's not just cynicism. It's, it's, it's a posture of heart toward yourself and the world not being trustworthy. And so sixes who are like, they're, they're looking for fidelity. They're looking for connection in relationship where you can trust me and I can trust you. And, and like things are going to go well. And that's, that's, that's things and people and systems and, and their jobs. And like, they, they want real connection and support from the world around them. And, and they want to be engaged with that in ways that, that, feed that connection and support and what they settle for is like like a safety that like a like a here here's the fence and and this is how i know that i'm safe and moving into that that heart like this doubt becomes this thing that like everything is unsafe and so as long as i have this fence then i don't have to try to move away from my insistence that everything is untrustworthy and it's not just everything out there. It's everything in here. Right. I don't yes. have to trust my own judgment because I have this fence yep. that somebody else built. The real turn for me here for sixes is that there is a devaluing of yourself. Mm -hmm. And the fear has caused you to doubt your self-abilities, aptitude at a high level. And that's dehumanizing to yourself. And yeah. So it's not just the out there. It's the in here that is being doubted. It's similar to the threes. If you doubt your very self, how can you move forward? The only thing you do is scramble for safety. Right. And and look for like an external source of defining what is safe. Yeah. That describes why sixes will commonly be verbally processing their fears and mm -hmm. the things that may go wrong is because it's not even, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, it's not even a trusting of the person in front of them. It's a, it's a scrambling for safety. Yeah. Validate my fears. And, and coupled with a, a lack of trust in myself, a lack of trust in these things, like the, 
I have to say this out loud because I don't even trust my own judgment on this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there it is. Yeah. The virtue again then for sixes is courage and it, it is so brilliant to watch when it materializes mm-hmm. in the life of a six because it, it shines out much differently than it does in, you know, naturally aggressive numbers. Right. When sixes are, are truly courageous, it's, it's, a, it's a beauty. Yep. Sevens. The energy is worth naming here again. Sevens aren't worried about anything out there. Like the whole world is an adventure. Man, sevens are going to be the, are the first types to want to fly to Mars. Right. There's all sorts of things to, to do and experience out there. But there is fear, and that fear is something that's not out there. It's inside. Mm-hmm. And the movement for the seven is to get away from those dark things inside as quickly as possible. I bet you we can outrun them. And one of the best ways to outrun all the stuff I don't want to deal with within is just to overconsume out there. Yep. And I'm, I'm even going to say the first half of your sentence in a different second half. Uh, the best way to avoid all of the dangers in here is all, all of the things that I don't like is to overconsume the things that I do like. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. So gluttony is the sin of the sevens. And it is about overconsumption. Great. Sevens want, they want joy. They want satisfaction. They want satiation. And, and they're fearful of not having enough, not having enough opportunity, not, not having enough stuff. Eh, stuff is less so. But like it, they're, they're so concerned about being stuck in unpleasantness, being stuck in places that they they can't find the kind of joy they're looking for, and they they settle for for novelty, they settle for new new opportunities, they settle for excitement. Like like why be sad when you have all these opportunities to be to have fun, to to do something new, to like you you can't ever be stuck in unpleasant places if you're always looking for the next new thing. Yep. And when when novelty and excitement is the thing that you're looking for, you're going to continually consume novelty and excitement. Mm-hmm. And guess what novelty and excitement never do? Satiate you. Yeah, they don't it's all high notes and no bass. Yeah. There's and and there's it's no it's also there. like if if you don't stop long enough to feel full, then you're going to be well past eating too much to experience fullness. I should say, if you don't stop long enough to know whether or not you're full, then you're going to consume until you're well past the point of fullness. Yeah. Like that's, that's what gluttony is. It's, it's overconsumption and, and, when you're looking for new things, there's always something new and you don't ever experience the, the fulfillment that you've been looking for. Real similar again to the threes here where the threes are putting forth the image and then the image gets praised and they don't get to experience the authentic attention that they've actually earned. Here, it's like the desire for more and more and more overwhelms any ability to to experience the actual joy that's there right yeah they the another great example they're like the the sin and the idol become a self-sustaining cycle and it just keeps you farther and farther away from your true happiness if we're lucky if we're lucky we might get to do the a deep dive into the fantastic ted lasso series Mm, sure It, it might happen Maybe lots of someday. Lots, lots of delightful things to talk about in the life and heart of a seven on these fronts. This is really, all that's going through my head. Really well written characters. Just so incredible. we'll see. I still gotta watch the second half of season two. So you got this. We'll see. Someday. <laughs> someday I'll get to it. Brings us to the eights. Eights have some energy. Yeah, they do. Energy's going outward. Yeah, it is. The protection of their the vulnerable side of the heart of an eight materializes in that outward energy of pushing, establishing boundaries, 
uh, really hitting others, seeing where they're at so that they can feel protected. And that rises to a level mm-hmm. that moves into a place. It's, it's I'm getting control by being very intense in the places I know have power dynamics. Yeah. And so this in associated with eights is lust. Yep. And before I mention, before I get into lust, I want to point out if this is the first time you've experienced this list of the sins, but you have some basic knowledge of other Enneagram stuff, there's a great spot to point out that all of these sins, these these really significant heart problems, they're things that all of us can experience, but one in particular is tied to our type. And so if, if this is a brand new list for you, you might have thought, oh, eights, it's going to be anger, but it's not. It's lust. All of us experience anger at some point in our lives, and all of us have probably like had some experiences with lust but if you're not an eight you don't it it's not it doesn't hold the same kind of power over you as it does over eights so moving on from that point (laughs) talking about lust with eights uh so eights who who really like they they want they want strength they want the ability to affect the world around them they want to be able to take care of other like use their their considerable energy and strength to right the world and and like they they want the magnanimity is the word that that we have used and uh it's just it's such a great encompassing like that there's just like changing the world for the better kind of energy behind it and and uh, through my will. And what they settle for is control. And so, like, if they have control over their space, then that's at least something. And when you are in a spot where you understand that control gives you some kind of, mm, like, some kind of thing then like it's really easy to move to a place where you want to have whatever you want. Mm-hmm. And that's what lust is. It's, it's this really intense sort of carnal desire for to, to have the, like to fully have and possess and control whatever it is that you want. And it, it's not it's not just sexual lust. It is sexual lust, but it's also everything. It's 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 control over your your work environment. It's it's control over your your family. It's it's having the kind of food that you want and not having to do anything outside of that. It's like lust is is about being in control of the things that are in your life in a really unhealthy sort of like disturbing kind of way yeah the distinction that i suppose i'm making my head is something like where sevens want quantity eights want quality of experience Mm. but it's all pushing toward exactly what you're saying it's it's agency and control Mm -hmm. so the intensity of experience in in my mind comes out in the the crass joking or even sure. the overwhelming presence. I enter the room and I dominate by just exerting energy. Yeah. And I don't care if I push your buttons cuz I'm not here to m- make friends. I'm right. here to get what I want and intensity pours forth from me in order to establish the boundaries. Right. Yeah, lust comes in and brings this sort of like carnalness to it. Yeah. Yeah. The that's exactly it. There's a very physical element to the idea of lust. Yeah. Which again, not just sexual. It, I I have Quentin Tarantino movies in my head right now in terms of like I'm going to or some comedians will do this. They'll they'll jump on stage and tell the the worst, the most offensive joke first. Mhm. Because if I get you with the first joke, everything else is you. You know you're gonna you know forgive all the other, <laughs> you know, sure. yeah. trashy jokes I got later. Yeah. Um, but I'm establishing that this is my space. Yeah. I also think of uh, the scene where um, the steward in Lord of the Rings is eating. 
Yeah, sure. He's like, like, like it's it's such a the visceral experience of watching him him tear into this food with his hands and like exploding tomatoes while he's chewing them. Like it's it's just this like like that's the kind of thing I think about when I think about how we talk about lust for eights. Mm-hmm. It's it's just it's so carnal. It's again the shadow side of something that can be amazing because eights when they push for intensity of experience in relationships it can it's just gold it can right. be some of the most beautiful moments to, again to i don't want to spoil ted lasso i got ted lasso on my mind there's a there's a moment where a man has been absolutely humiliated in front of all of his friends and begins to cry and nobody knows what to do mm-hmm. and the eight in the back who has been his enemy for a while stands up walks across the room with intensity yeah grabs him and holds him yeah power and so anyway the that element of eights can go shadow that element of eights can flourish and bring such color and joy let's talk about nines great nines also like threes and sixes the energy is going both ways it's about control why we're always tired (laughs) i need to control (laughs) everything out there i need to control everything out in here want to make sure nothing disconnects falls apart yeah don't want to lose connection there is the the movement of can i possibly i I don't know if it's juggling balls as it were but it's certainly it's just keep everything calm yeah it's like the cartoons of someone standing at at a dam that like a spurt of water shoots out of one hole and you put your finger in it, and mm-hmm. then a spurt of water shoots out of another hole, and you put your finger in it, and a spurt of water shoots out of another hole, and you put your foot on it, and yeah, just trying to trying to keep everything, er, 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 keep everything calm. Don't let the, the dam break. That can be exhausting, and it can lead to a like a withdrawal. It's not even a withdrawal; it's like a hyper withdrawal. Mm-hmm. It's like I can't possibly fix the dam. I'm gonna I'm gonna take a nap. Right. I'm not, or even worse, I'm not going to care anymore. Yeah. Perhaps. Yeah. It may not be yours to do to hold the dam together, but. <laughs> but the, the, the decision to the, the posture of not caring anymore, that's the sin. I'm not caring anymore. Is merging part of the, is, is merging a materialization of sloth? Oh, heck yeah. And I think that's actually the first time that we've said the word sloth. Yeah. You want to talk so. about sloth? <laughs> <laughs> uh, so uh, in answer to your question, yes, abs- merging is absolutely part of sloth. Um, I'll get into that in a second. The The idea of sloth is like, it's so easy to picture like the couch potato kind of image when, when you think about sloth. But like like nines, we, I, I identify with nines. We, we really want harmony we want things in life to go smoothly and and for people to get along and for the world to be easy and we like that's not a real thing so like we instead we avoid conflict and and we settle for for passivity and we settle for calm like that's that's the big uh idol for us is that like if things are calm that's something like harmony so i'll take it and because that energy is going inward and outward it's it's not just about the world but it's also about my inner life i want my inner life to be smooth and easy and simple and and uh, i settle for calm and that's where that's part of where that couch potato image comes in but that's also where the merging comes in because it's easier to do nothing than to work really hard to not get our goal And it's easier to just go along with what other people want than to have to stand up for what I think. Because that runs the risk of of breaking the calm. It it's just like it it's just so many things. If we just slow it down and and take it easy, then we at least get to that place of calm, regardless of whether it's the right place to be. Yeah. It's again the case, the genuine thing that we desire 
can be overwhelmed by the false thing that we put forward. So the genuine, as you were saying, the genuine harmony can be overwhelmed by just trying to make things peaceful. Yep. Where sometimes real work needs to get done in your relationships. Right. And we need to hash some stuff out. We need to bring up hard topics. Right. And but if I'm living in a place where I, I'm more comfortable with calm, then I, you know, it's just easier to, to let the calm happen. And that's what sloth is. Yeah. And it's just like, it's, it's not, sloth is the perfect embodiment of settling for my idol. It's saying, yeah, this is fine. I'll take this instead. And that's, that's, that's what merging is. That's, that's kind of how, that's how we live in a lot of ways. Does that come out of like, I've been lifting heavy weights all day long and I just can't do any more. So this is the easier path. That's part of it. And also, before I've even picked up those weights, I can see how heavy they are probably going to be. And you know what? I'd really not rather do that work. Okay. Yeah. Right. Because <laughs> it's the we've we've talked about this with threes and sixes. Like the the energy is inward and outward. So it's all of the stuff out there. We're trying to keep all of the stuff out there calm. And we're also trying to keep all of the stuff inside calm. And the path of least resistance for us is to not care about any of it right. to not invest in any of it to not not choose to act to not do the hard work it, it, it's not just taking a nap after doing hard work it's taking a nap to avoid the hard work right the solution there in part in my mind is you don't have nines don't have to do everything that would be a huge mistake Nines do need to identify the important thing. Into at I least mean, about how and important to who, <laughs> and wisdom will tell you. And is it just like is it? Is there an end? What's yours to do? I mean, but like, if I do this one thing, then I'm I gonna have to do something after that. Ah, sloth. Well, that, that's a lack of foresight. Oh, hey, you want to talk about nines and time on that one? <laughs> yeah, we we aren't looking in the future. We don't have foresight. I wonder if that's part of it. It's if I engage with my body, the tools that I have from the past, when is this ever going to end? I, I can't see into the future. So yeah. I think there's something there. Sure. Um, yeah. Wrapping up with the ones. Cool. Ones who are going to take shelter in being right, this easily gets fueled by a posture. Again, the energy goes inward. And just like eights and nines, that energy is an angry energy and the anger goes at the one's inner self, sometimes materializes as a critic. And so their sin of, uh, that they wrestle with is wrath. And it's mm -hmm. an abusive uh, posture towards oneself, uh, almost a, you need to do better. Uh, you need to elevate, you need to get rid of all the toxins within you so that you can be good and in the world and whole. Real similar to nines in terms of nines want harmony. Ones want something like justice or wholeness. Mm -hmm. Similar but different. Very physical, again. Yeah. And and to to be in place in the order of the universe. Yeah. And 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 sort of in line with the way things should be. There it is. Lots of should nots going on here, which yeah. is where the wrath gets a lot of its power at times. Right, right. We we talked we've talked a lot about sort of like black and white thinking with ones and almost an inability to see outside of their sort of scope of like this is the way things should be. And as a result like they they avoid fault, they avoid corruption and, and like part of how that manifests is that they, I would rather be right than introduce the possibility at all of letting something damaging in me. And because of this, because of this like need to be right, to be good, to, to be whole, like not, not even necessarily whole. It's, it's like they, this idol that they settle for has so much to do with, being right versus being wrong, doing doing the right thing, following the order, like the like that black and white thinking is so important in in this space that like when 
you aren't in the correct place, the only real response is anger. Yeah. You'll notice someone's will be the most dramatic and aggressive at confessing their faults as well. Right. So it can, it's, there's the black and white. It's like either totally saying I'm not at fault, but it's also on the flip side, understanding you're at fault and then just being super aggressive with confession or apologizing mm -hmm. or something mm -hmm. of that sort as well. Yeah. Cause you're and, trying to get the toxin out. That's the thing. Right. And this, I, I think this is a, a good way to understand the way that anger comes out for, for ones as well. Cause like, like, if you know and have been in a relationship with a one for a really long time, they're, unless they're like the healthiest one that is, there's there's a, a, a really good chance that their anger has come out at other people as well. And and like there's there's a lot to be said about this, but I think this is this uh, sort of a, a the core of of where that lives and and how how all of us should understand how and why that anger comes out and it it is so important to know that it is an overflowing of the anger that is directed at the self. Yeah. I, I haven't thought through this, but the way I would capture that is the idealism comes in here. There's an idealism of self in that uh, the anger can manifest at others as a frustration. Things should be different. You should mm -hmm. be di different. But the, it is true. The judgment, ones are fantastic at judging themselves. And that habit can get turned at others. And, and it also has to do with this, like, it, it, if I'm right, then I'm safe. There's the power. Yeah, and, that's right. And so yeah. the anger can come out in, because you screwed up, now I'm on the wrong side of safe. Yeah. And, I'm and, not... And and because be, I have to argue my point because this is the way that I am. Like this is this is the only way that I know how to find the happiness is by being right and and by making sure I'm on the correct side of black and white. And and so because there is an element of corruption here because there is an element of gray because there is something that doesn't fit into my understanding of the order. I have to fight against it. Yeah. In order to make sure that I am safe or else I let that corruption into Ooh. myself. Yeah. Or into the world that you love. You yeah. Know. The power behind my anger going out at others has nothing to do with me. I'm right, and rightness has nothing to do with me. It's, uh, it's the truth. The truth is the thing that's powerful, and that's why I'm going to unleash on behalf of the truth. You know, and also like because you're wrong. Yeah. You're, you've, you're, into, you're bringing all these spoiled elements into, into our home, into our country, into our relationship. Uh, and you know. potentially introducing that corruption into me. Because it is by proximity. That's it. This is the space where I live. If you let that corruption in here, then I am corrupt. Like that, that wrath starts by pointing at the one, at themselves. Yep. Begins, builds, gets momentum. Yeah. Can't possibly see how that could go wrong. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you can. I might have experienced that once or twice. The... Um, and I'm here to confess it, TJ. <laughs> That's why I got on the sins. We're gonna wrap this up next time. Yeah, we're gonna hit the, fix the end. We're gonna hit the fixations. The big idea for us next time is that the sins reside in our hearts, and that fuel is in our hearts, and our motive, and our emotional life, and it moves into our head. And if it gets an anchor in our head, that's really where it grounds itself, and it just becomes a doom loop. There's yep. a cycle of self-destruction that materializes yeah. for all the types yep. and all of us unless we're super unhealthy we we don't live here but if uh, you, you may know, dip give, a toe in it every once in a while yeah, you'll yeah. you'll feel it <laughs> for sure um so that's what i got so friends it would uh, mean the world to us if you'd share this episode with somebody you love, preferably somebody who likes Ted Lasso and really wants to build momentum towards just pressuring us <laughs> against our will to do a deep dive <laughs> into Ted Lasso. 
We have, uh, as as has been noted, we've uh, started doing regular online gatherings. You can find out about those at aroundthecircle.org. Click on Patreon, and it'll take you to our Patreon site, and that's where we're anchoring all this stuff. Or you can just Google Around the Circle Patreon. And I suppose before you go anywhere else, watch Ted Lasso, and then come back and give us some stars on iTunes or Spotify. And that's what I got. You got anything else? Believe. It's a, it was believe. He's TJ Wilson. He's officially awesome. And I'm Jeff Cook. And who you aren't is an interesting one.